When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. The voice of Husker Nation is on the air. This is Hale Varsity Radio. Insight, opinion, expertise, along with the biggest names talking Nebraska sports. Join in with the show at 402-489-1240 or 1-800-825-5865. Now, here are your hosts, Chris Schmidt and Elijah Herbel. Welcome to it. It's a road show and road trip that continues. It's Hale Varsity Radio still in Minneapolis. We are tucked into the Lions Pub. They put us in the corner like we fumbled, yep. like like we gave up 10 points in three minutes. That's not nice. Some of you aren't over last night's action. Nebraska falling to, to Minnesota. And uh, we're here for a little therapy on Friday. Chris Schmidt, Elijah Herbal, Mark Cranek. Weekend edition, a day early. Good That's to see right. you. That's right. We can count it as a weekend. It's Labor Day coming up. Yep. Connor Clark also with us. Good to see Connor. Numbers to get in, 489-1240. 489-1240 or toll-free across the state, 1-800-825-5865. can email the show, chris at hailvarsity.com. And get in touch with us on the stream, the Hail Varsity YouTube channel. Watch the show that way. Comment to us uh, in that uh, space. Also, Hale Varsity Radio Twitter feed at H Varsity Radio. Bill Dolman, Pride of Fairbury, uh, got in last night late. He is off to uh, one of the 10,000 lakes in northern Minnesota. He'll join us at 5. Brady Altman is going to join us as well. Hour 1 and much of Hour 2 open for you if you still need to talk this thing out. We'll also turn a little bit of our attention to the Buffs and Nebraska next week. So Elijah, it was a late night with Real Red Reaction. Uh, Had a lot of time to think on of it. Think on it. Uh, Nebraska fans woke up today, still ticked off, and and some folks uh, woke up going, yeah, you know what, let's see how the rest of the season goes. Cranach, uh, Cranky or not this morning after how it ended? Numb, maybe, might be the word. You know, I there's some talk about, hey, are you still optimistic? Are you pessimistic? Are you sad? Are you happy? It's just, it's just, it's, it's numb. <laughs> it's because it's the same feeling after every game, seemingly, over the past, I guess you have to go on. We're, we're coming up on about, this would be the third season of the, Super close, almost statistically impossible at this point, <laughs> losses. I mean, really, like law of averages exist for a reason, right? And my Lord, they are not in Nebraska's favor, which hopefully maybe one day might lead to all of a sudden it does come into Nebraska's favor. But, man, it's it's just the same all the time. And, and Mark, well, the same of, all the time. one of the things that I've been thinking about today, and I brought this up briefly in the reaction show last night. I think it was kind of proven last night not to, to just dive too deep into the reaction here. And 
Uh, I'd like to make one thing clear. I usually get a game rewatch out of the way before our next show following the reaction show. Considering Schmidt and I had to get up early this morning for KO4 mornings here locally, didn't get enough sleep. I got a little nap in midday, and I still haven't completed my rewatch, so that might have to wait till this weekend. So I do want to lay that out right now. I haven't completed my usual rewatch of the game, so this is still based on you're, first You're reaction. doing this off of memory. Yes, I am doing, doing this so off of memory. that's the disclaimer. Okay. Um, but something we talked about last night, and something that I think was proven last night, was the fact that the mentality of Nebraska right now, this football team, the, the fourth quarter tightening up, that is not a, an issue that is just reserved for, you know what, it's because Scott Frost is the head coach. That is a deep, bleeding knife wound to the throat that is not going to be fixed by a Band-Aid. Now, I think a lot of wow, people we talk went, themselves we went, in. We went knife wound to the, to the throat this <laughs> time. I love it. I mean, it. think about it. Think about it. Nebraska was yeah. bleeding out in the last four minutes of that game last night. Now, I think a lot of people with, with Matt Rule in charge, and maybe I'm even partially included in this list, thought that it was a, a – I shouldn't call it a Band-Aid fix. That's probably a little light of a term to use, but that, that the mentality shift would be there and it would be the talent shift that would take longer to, to come around. I think we saw a talent shift last night whenever I look back at that game. I think Nebraska was better almost everywhere on the field aside from quarterback and wide receiver when you compare them to what they were last year. But the thing that's going to take the longest to get fixed now after watching last night is getting that mentality and that culture shifted. And it's not going to be a Band-Aid fix that's going to get that right. It's going to be a long and painful process. And I think as of right now, I hope I'm not premature in saying this, we have to expect some more painful losses this year. That's how it's going to go. Sure. That's Matt Rule's history uh, and how he rebuilds a program. You have to go through some hell before you get to the, to the, to the mountaintop. And I think right now Nebraska is, is going through a little bit of hell, and we'll see how much they can get fixed before next week. Not to just dive too deep into this game already, but I still have more thoughts. There is still just so much heartbreak from last night's game that I don't think a two-hour reaction show tonight, or last night, plus another two-hour show today, and probably even a two-hour show tomorrow is going to allow us to get all our thoughts on last night's <laughs> game out, but we're sure as hell going to try. Can, all right. Can we decouple, though? And I'm asking this, like, rhetorically. I'm just saying. Can, can we decouple – what Nebraska was, yes, the feeling was the same for all of us last night. I think it's pretty clear there was a cultural issue, and the further we get from Frost, the more you kind of hear different things where it starts to start to make starts to make a little bit of sense. Can we can we just isolate last night on like was that the team being tight, right? Was was that the entire team just oh, or no, or was it Grant? I you know that was actually. That fumble, of course, you can't do it, right? You got he's got to figure out how to secure it more. It was textbook, pretty damn though. good, but yeah, pretty good play by Minnesota, mm-hmm. right? Like you, you sort of have to give them their due there. Like that was sucks. like the peanut punch, dude. Yeah, <laughs> I mean, it was it was an excellent defensive play to cause that fumble, right? So can you can you equate that to a deep seated cultural issue? No. I don't it, I don't know. It's, it's that might have been just good play, right? Yes, and then and then. And then the interception, well, I don't know why you're having the dude throw. Like, I, that's a whole other thing we're going to get into today. Yes. <laughs> uh, a little theme called run the ball. I don't know if you've heard yeah, of that. Yeah, you, you've, you've got the T-shirt, you've got the yeah, hat, well, and you're a member of the fan club, run the damn ball. Listen, listen. It, it's not about going into the fetal position and sucking one's thumb. Mm-hmm. It, Minnesota made some clutch plays and some clutch moments and outperform Nebraska. That touchdown catch, okay, on fourth down. I know Elijah has video footage on Twitter at Herbal Essence of a potential false start there. Uh, 600,000 views. Good work, sir. 
uh, and, and and you also have the coaching aspect. I liked Nebraska's mentality. I liked how ready Nebraska was defensively, okay? They tackled. They did well stopping the run. They were better than we've seen in a while getting after the quarterback. They're still not vintage pressuring the, the, the quarterback. But they got after him a little bit. They, 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 yeah, him. I mean, the defense yeah. did everything they could except two stops. Minnesota pulled a magic act out, and they made some plays. And they took advantage. Uh, it's not, again, because of, of a mentality. You've got a, you've got a quarterback problem right now if you're Nebraska when it comes to having to throw the football, period. That, that's, that's the loss. There's, there's a, you got a fumble. You got three interceptions. There's your, there's your issue, and it's, it's not a psychological thing. I think they can come out, fellas, and go to Boulder pissed off. That, that needs to be the mentality because stop me if you've heard this before. If Nebraska starts 0-2, you're really worried about the season. Nebraska could start 0-2. Now, I wonder how different this is, too, because a lot of people are saying, well, I don't know if Nebraska can really win this game. And a lot of, including myself, picked them to lose this game. But now that it's actually sure. a reality, the thought process going into Colorado seems way more urgent. I mean, you said it too. Like, if this is an 0-2 start, then you're looking at an emergency in the face. And you got to try and navigate through that. Now, um, you, the good news is you have a longer week. You can watch Colorado play on Saturday against TCU. So that's a plus for you as well. And then you can have the extra day or two to try and get at least mentally prepared for this game. And as you guys highlighted, I mean, Minnesota made some spectacular plays down the stretch. The fumble, the forced fumble was absolutely textbook, put his fist right on the ball, popped right out. They were right all over it. That catch in the end zone was very, at least for me, Jackson Smith and Jigba-like in that COVID season. It was a fantastic toe drag. They yep. showed the replay of that diving catch out of the back of the end zone. <laughs> that could have been a touchdown, too. I don't know. The ball hit the ground and out of bounds. It's a whole different discussion. It didn't count, but whatever. And their safety, and I can't remember his name, two picks. And that last one, at just an absolutely huge moment cutting off of a route over the middle. Now, Jeff Sims, yes, had the three interceptions, including the one in the end zone, which really hurts you at the end of the first half. But... He also was able to make some throws into some tighter windows, which I was kind of surprised about when you look at the picks that he threw, right? I mean, a lot of them were off the back foot, kind of lobbing him up there, maybe missed an open guy or two. But a couple of nice throws to Marcus Washington were sprinkled in there, especially later in the game. And I think you see the potential of the team and where they can go. I was very pleased with the defense, especially their physicality. The only knock I have on them is the whole Ty Robinson thing with the targeting call. But other than that, I really like the defense, and it'll be interesting to see because, again, just another excruciatingly heartbreaking loss. But, again, it's game one of a new regime. I mean, how much weight can you really put that in? And I, I think it's a pretty large amount of weight that and, you and, put into that. And Shmita, to jump in here, I think we'll have plenty of time to talk about Sims because you kind of laid out the game that he had last night, had some good throws, had some terrible throws. We can get into that just a little bit. I've seen some comparisons to Jamal Lord, and I want to get Mark and Schmidt's take on that because I don't remember watching Jamal Lord play. I was alive, but I was an infant. 
So uh, I can't really speak on that. But one thing I do want to get into. The old guy uh, slam. I don't remember watching Jamal Lord play because, you know, I was crawling. One thing I do want to get into here, though, is something Connor laid out. He laid out some of the plays that Minnesota made down the stretch to go win the game. And that's something that now almost 24 hours on, I've had some time to digest. And I can admit, like, yeah, the the four turnovers is not ideal. You're not going to win many, if any, football games with three picks. But simply put, the difference in the game was that when Minnesota had opportunities to make plays down the stretch, they capitalized on those plays. The touchdown at the end, they, they get an interception as Nebraska is driving down the field. On that final play, whenever you're right on the edge of field goal range, uh, your running back makes a man miss, picks up nine yards, and makes an easier kick for his field goal or for his field goal kicker to go win the football game. And you compare that to some of Nebraska's plays down the stretch, really throughout the game. I mean, Isaac Gifford had a great chance on an interception in the end zone late in that one before Minnesota scored the game tying touchdown. I'm sure he's going to be kicking himself over that one. Gabe Irvin. On that drive, he had a seam, and if I remember correctly, he had a first down picked up by the time that that ball gets punched out. Like, like Minnesota just made more plays down the stretch whenever they had those big moments. It was Grant. Sorry, Grant. I, I keep on saying that. It's the second time I've done it today. I'm, I apologize, Schmitty. It was Grant. Um, but whenever Nebraska had opportunities to make plays to go in the football game, you can even go back to right before halftime whenever you should be punching it in from the half-yard line and you have a false start, and then you have Borkutcher on the next play open in the end zone, and you throw it to IGC in the corner of the end zone, and you telegraph the throw, and it gets picked off. Nebraska, just whenever they had big moments and opportunities to make big plays to potentially put that game away, they didn't take advantage. Whenever Minnesota had those same opportunities, they took advantage. And simply put, that's that's the story of last night's game, and I think that comes down a little bit to mentality and maybe – uh, some some PTSD from years past. It's going to take some years or some some time to to get right because of the years of those events occurring. And it's not a it's not a bandaidable fix. I think last night showed me. But there is signs of encouragement coming out of that game because I think Nebraska, for the first time in a long time, maybe dating back to the Michigan State game, lost a one score game. And I do actually come away from it saying. I think Nebraska overall was the better team. Minnesota made more plays. They had the better quarterback. Yep. That's your X factor. That's but I do fair. think Nebraska had the better team last night, which is a sign of encouragement. Here's, here's the reality. And here, if you're a Nebraska fan, and we'll, we'll dive into this here and, and carry it over. We'll have some more thoughts from Matt Rule. But are you encouraged or discouraged? You know, clearly you're discouraged about the result. Uh, clearly you're discouraged about some elements of the offense. It wasn't perfect defensively, but it was it was good enough defensively to win. The difference is going to be this. Under the old regime, this, oh, we're, we're cursed type mentality existed, right? It existed. Well, I don't know what to tell you. Um Found we a way to, to lose. We just need some. Yeah, yeah. We, once it pops, listen. And I'm not sitting sitting here to pinata Scott. I'm not. But but that his own body language and and lack of leadership through some of those tough times was an issue, and it kind of permeated a locker room, a losing mentality. Matt Rule is not that. He is going to be the difference in next Saturday and beyond. The next time there's a close ball game. And he said it out of the out of the get go with his post game. He's about accountability, and part of that accountability is like, look, you're not going to feel sorry for yourself. Go be better. And he said Minnesota made plays at the end, made more plays. Their quarterback made more plays. Mm-hmm. Their defense made more plays with the turnovers, forcing those turnovers, or at least making and getting a stop 
And the other part of this, too, Matt Rule is a hands-on guy. He is going to coach the players. He is going to coach his coaches. And I would be surprised if there wasn't a meeting because they've got to recalibrate what is a real thing you can ask Sims to do moving forward. What's sustainable offensively? Because it was him running the football. That's uh, it. It ain't him throwing the football. I mean, if, well, you, if you take away that that weird trick play, the Osborne play, as he called it, Sims is 10 of 18. He six points. Sims is 10 of 18 Maybe. for 80-something yards, which is a terrible performance in a 2023 standard for, for a college quarterback. Oh, absolutely. And, look, the, the offense needs to discover its identity a little bit, too. You know, for Gabe Irvin being the starting running back, I think he got, what, nine touches? Something like that. He had hardly any in the first half whatsoever. You do need to think about what you're going to do. I, I think you nailed it, though, with quarterback. There, there, is there I, There might be a difference between, and this I think goes back two decades, between what Nebraska wants to be versus what they are. We'll get there. We'll take your calls. Hail Varsity continues on a Friday. And now. And now. Back to Hail Varsity Radio. Hey, thanks for hanging out. It's Hail Varsity Radio Roadshow Friday. Still in Minneapolis. Chris Schmidt, Mark Cranach, Elijah Herbal, Connor Clark. And uh, get to some of your phone calls and all of your comments in the stream as well. The Hail Varsity YouTube channel. Watch the show. Comment that way. We'll get to them. Pete, thanks for your patience. Thanks for hanging on the line. Pete, I know it was a tough one last night. Go ahead. Thanks for calling. Well, thank you. You know, the quarterback is just staring down his receiver. It makes it pretty easy for the safety to come over and make interceptions. I'm not sure you can correct that in the quarterback uh, short term. I think that's going to be something we're going to have to live with all year, and they're going to have to develop some routes that are quick routes and so he can go through his, uh, hit his receiver sooner because uh, when he goes deep, he's just absolutely staring down and he's not going through progressions. And uh, that's a killer. And I, I think the coaching needs to be a little bit better. I think they'll learn from this and maybe learn how to call a game. You know, they've got to get better too. It's a new staff. Uh, why you put a running back in that has a tendency to fumble when the game's on the line, I just disagree with that. You want your best players out there when the game's on the line. So I think part of this is just self-induced, and it's correctable, but I think on the quarterback side, it's going to take some time. I think I think he's going to have to run the ball an awful lot this year to, to be successful. Uh, I thought the defense looked pretty good uh, throughout the game. Uh, I like our talent there, and they seemed to get better as the game went on, in my opinion. Pete, I agree with you. Defense looked nice. Yep. Uh, made, a, made a lot of plays. Very few missed tackles. And uh, they they also got a little help. I'll say this about the offense. The offense was able to flip the time of possession in the yep. second half from what looked like it was going to be a death march. It was respectable. I mean, it seems like Minnesota's usually 40 to 20 on Nebraska. It right. was much. It was, much, it was right. almost and, even. And it was 10 to 4. After, yeah. Or 10 to, yeah, 10 to, yeah. <laughs> 10 to 4 uh, after yeah. that. Um, that first quarter. Pete, appreciate the phone call, 489-1240 uh, or 800-825-5865. Yeah, and, you know, he makes a point about Jeff Sims in particular on locking on receivers. Which You were just doing some film study? Which, by the way, you can hear that just like generically almost every season. Somebody will say that about a quarterback, whether it's true or not. In this case, it's really true. <laughs> and like just, just right before this, um, Brian, our friend that's here, pulled up Sims' highlight tape from Georgia Tech like a five-minute reel 
And he's like, just watch. Look how many times he looks at his one receiver and delivers just to that receiver. And it was pretty much every throw. Like, just for real. Like, pretty much every throw. He really isn't doing a lot of scanning, doing a lot of checking down. That's not, by the way, it's a hard thing to do. Like, you know, it's not. He, he had a good climb up in the pocket last night. So he has some quarterback skills that are pretty interesting. I, I, I don't know if you remember that, but, you know, where he had a lot of pressure and he did a Brady-esque mm-hmm. climb up the pocket. And ended he up whipped being, it to Washington. Yeah, excellent play, right? Like, you haven't seen that in a while either. But his point about having to run the ball, okay, and that's a, such an easy thing to say too. But but what, what what's the reasoning behind, ah, we don't want to, you know, commit to that kind of offense because then you won't be able to get the – you know, the recruits don't want to play in that kind of offense, and they, they want to play in the NFL. Nebraska's not sending quarterbacks to the NFL, y'all. That, that's, that's been attempted for like 20 years now. Z- there's zero quarterbacks that have made it to the NFL under all kinds of offenses where you're trying to attract the best recruits and run a pass half. It doesn't work. Ain't going to work. Not going to happen, period. We got two decades of, of, of evidence here. And then let's go ahead and add on the receivers aren't coming either. What do you have in the last 20 years? What, Quincy Anunwa? Niles Paul converted to tight end. That's it. Trey. Trey. Trey now. Trey. Okay. Now he hasn't officially played in the NFL yet. It's only been preseason. But you know what I'm saying. 20 years. 20 years of trying to have an attractive. number one pick overall. Yeah, it was 50 years ago. Exactly. Yeah. More old shade. So 20 years of attempting to have an offense that appeals to recruits that can get guys to the NFL hasn't worked out. But you know what looked beautiful last night was Sims running the football. Yes. He was really good at it. And guess who's behind him? Heinrich Harburg. Guess how well he throws? Not very well. We don't know that. Right? And then how about Purdy? He, he catches catch- passes. I mean, we, we know Purdy that. Last year. Yeah, God bless Purdy. We watched him last year. But I don't think Brady's is waiting in the wings either. So you got three dudes that can run that can't throw really well. That's who you are. I don't know who you want to be. You can make all these promises about getting guys to like, oh, we want to be balanced and throw. That's not what you are. That's not what you are. So I don't know. Well, I, we could be a service need, academy need, school. I, right. I think they can. A higher level one. I think they can drill down, reinforce what Sims can do well, right? And that's some play action, some quick throws, and use his legs. We just don't know how long his mobility will last in the Big Ten because it's, it's the injury factor. Brett emails in Chris at HaleVarsity.com. The problem is people that go to road games that are bad luck. <laughs> same problem the last several years. <laughs> you need to stop going to road games. Hey, it's all good. Hey, I'm going that. next week. Next week, I'm going to yep. Colorado. And remember, last time I took a road trip with Schmidt, it was the Oklahoma game where Nebraska almost got it done. <laughs> almost. You should stay back. Almost didn't lose. <laughs> That's almost funny. Yeah, maybe, uh, maybe Nebraska isn't cursed. Maybe it's not Schmidt. Maybe it's not the fans. Maybe it's the product on the field. Hey, hmm. that, what a novel thought. And whenever I go back and watch last night's game, like, to get back to Sims here, the product on the field that we saw, like, it's so hard to say. It's so hard to say aside from the interceptions because the interceptions are the story of last night's game for Jeff Sims. They were the killer. Aside from the interceptions, if you end up taking three sacks uh. on those plays, 
I think Nebraska still has got a great shot of winning those football games. If Jeff Sims tries to tuck it and run and gets stuffed in the backfield and picks up no yardage, it comes down to decision-making from Sims. We talk about him being locked on to receiver. I was frustrated with that last night as well. But then I thought about it, and I look at oh, so many dual-threat quarterbacks across the country. That's how it works. Hey, you got your one <laughs> right. read. And then if you're a guy who's going to be scanning the field and going option two and option three, we actually think you're more dangerous with your legs. So we're going to have you read the defense pre-snap, go through your first read. If it's not there, tuck it and run. I think the problem with Sims was too many times he said, I see a guy, I can make it work, I'm going to trust my arm. And the thing you should be trusting when you're Jeff Sims is your legs instead of your arm. And and how is Nebraska, and we got a comment in the stream here about the left side of the O-line is pathetic on passing downs. They're responsible for a lot of Sims he sacks. Got, he got pressured. He dropped back, what was it, 19 times. He was pressured on seven of them. Something like that. That, yep. that was the pro football focus. We'll get but to the phones in a minute. That, I, though, about you're also not good at pass blocking. So you got a guy that, you know, it, yards. he can get you in play action. Use him that way. Exactly. Right? Listen, and this isn't this isn't. Nebraska has to go back to a carbon copy of the mid-90s offense. But they could benefit from just going ahead and admitting that doing what everybody else does probably isn't going to work out. you got to find something that's unique. For whatever reason, the Big Ten almost refuses to have mobile quarterbacks. I I don't know why, but they just do. There's just not a lot of those guys. And you're seeing more of them now. But I don't. I don't think they're using Cali Agmanis to like what he could be in no, the he's, run game. He's, right? He's, he's mobile, but he's not a runner. But my point is, is that you have an opportunity in a Big Ten that just really hasn't had dudes like Sims, like Martinez, right? Like Taylor Martinez. They don't just, survive. Yeah, those dudes. Well, fair. But that's why you got backups that also can't throw. I mean, <laughs> and good luck and God bless getting the serviceable backup to not transfer in the transfer portal portal era. Uh, I mean, it's hard to get one. It's going to happen anyways. It's going to have that's built in, right? Like people are going to transfer no matter what, right? I, it's just I don't know. I, it's going to be an ever evolving thing, and and I think there's a chance for to to what we've talked about a little bit earlier is learn from this if you're. If you rule in in, in in Satterfield, what what is correctable? What is coachable with the the Nebraska offense, specifically quarterback? And can you get your dude to not make bad decisions? Right. It's not that uh, great point Elijah had that you're. There are some quick like Tommy Armstrong, right? Tommy Armstrong would have four guys signaling to him. He'd look over, and a lot of times it was predestined to where the ball was supposed to go. <laughs> right. That would be Kenny Bell on the slot or get it to Quincy or, okay, and just do it quick that way in the Tim Beck offense. It's okay. Make yeah. it easy and painless for your, your dude to be a, a playmaker with his arm and his legs. Um, right. Nebraska needs to find out a way to do that here by, by Saturday. Well, yeah, well, and they need to figure out, and it's going to take a little bit, so when I'm saying they need to figure it out, I'm not saying they have to figure it out tomorrow because they can't. But what, like what their offensive identity truly is, I think defenses seem pretty clear. I think it's a little bit easier to establish that. But when you consider it's a new offensive coordinator in Satterfield, new head coach in Rule, new quarterback in Sims, right? You're, it's going to take a little bit to figure out. Okay, like what actually are we good at? Not in practice, but in actual games. You know, I bet you if they look back at the, at the chart too, they're they're saying, you know what, we should probably get into the running back a little bit more. I think more. they're having trouble finding something they're good at. 
right well but but they should probably get it to the running back a little more get those guys a chance to get in some rhythm you know just commit to that guys Uh, but they're, they're gonna have to figure out what their identity is the running game didn't pop fellas until sims got going with his legs yeah. And then things open up for the run game. We have a caller real quick. That's how that we works. We have Mike on the line. <laughs> That's yeah. how that works. Yeah, I know. I know. Mike, That's how it works. Mike, thanks for calling. Go ahead, bud. Yeah, why Why did they run Casey Thompson off? Uh, we talked about that in the, the show last mm. night, and I, I, think, I think that's a great question the, to have today. I think they wanted a mobile quarterback, a running quarterback, and they didn't feel Casey was – going to be able to do that. Oh, he ran last year, didn't he? Well, no, no. My, my concern. He had six touchdowns, yes. My concern. Was not a, a, he was not a running quarterback. And it's a small sample size, Schmitty, right now. But my concern is based on what I've seen thus far, and I'm including Sims starts at Georgia Tech, I'm concerned you ran off the better quarterback for an uh, for a quarterback that you like. You run more. off the better decision maker. I mean, I really right. don't want my quarterback leading leading the team in rushing. I just, I yeah, just think that's the recipe okay for that. I, I, I agree take it with you that, weren't a big yeah, Amart fan, Mike. Well, it would be better having that come from having most of those running yards coming from the running back with the quarterback as the guy to keep you honest to allow that to happen. And look, running off Casey Thomas may, may be part of it. Maybe this is benefit of the doubt. Maybe part of it was, hey, you know, our our uh, block, our pass blocking is. Terrible. Not going to get better so, in a year. Casey Thompson's not going to be able to do what we want him to do there anyways. Yeah, that's a good point. So. so let's might as well go with the guy that can probably move the chains better running the football. That could have been part of it. Mike, thanks for the phone call. Good question. Uh, Casey is not a runner. They wanted that part of the offense. Uh, more of your thoughts and calls, 489-1240. 800-825-5865. can email chris at hailvarsity.com. More comments to get to the stream. Hail Varsity YouTube channel. And now. And now, back to Hail Varsity Radio. Thanks for hanging out. It's Hail Varsity Radio, Roadshow Friday. Still in Minneapolis, Chris Schmidt, Mark Cranach, Elijah Herbold, and Connor Clark. Uh, Mike chimes in with Sims as quarterback. They're essentially just running the Wildcat. Oh, come on now. That's not no, that bad. It's, it's, Listen, he's okay. Sims is okay within 10 yards he did well 10 to 12 yards that mid-range elijah you'd mentioned it a couple of those throws to washington were solid and you saw that in the spring game too the little intermediate stuff especially not outside towards the towards the boundaries but towards the middle of the field yeah he he kind of looked uh it kind of looks like that's his thing you know like he's able to lead receivers not just hang them out to dry and have him jump up and get killed in the ribs or anything like he's pretty good in that I'm, intermediate stuff. For, from a quarterbacking point of view, I think Sims with the arm talent that he has is a more talented quarterback than Taylor Martinez was for Nebraska. Where he struggles right now is that decision-making process, which if you don't have ball security, security, you don't have job security, especially as a quarterback. If you're going to be throwing picks, you're not going to be playing for very long. It's as simple as that. Taylor Martinez had him beaten the decision-making process, but from what he can do with the football, how he can spin it, he's a better pure talent-wise quarterback than Taylor Martinez. He's got to get the decision-making down. And what concerns me right now is the fact that we have a a two-and-a-half-year sample size at Georgia Tech and now a one-game sample size at Nebraska. And in all of those games, I mean, at Georgia Tech, he was averaging a pick per game. And then last night, he goes and throws three. So in his college career, he's averaging more than one interception per game. 
He has shown us what he is at this point. It comes down to the coaching staff now, I think, to put him in situations where he's not going to be making bad decisions. How do you do that? It's probably more quarterback run, uh, trying to get that defense out of man coverage. If you're able to, to give a threat with the legs, force a quarterback spy from a defensive game plan, force them to stay out of man coverage, you're going to be giving yourself more opportunities to make throws. You can scheme wide receivers open a little bit better. But I, I think there's going to be an element of, of that responsibility falling on the quarterback or falling on the coaching staff, I should say, rather than the quarterback to give him easier decisions in the game because he has proven he's a poor decision maker in the heat of the moment through almost four years of college play. Right, and and can you undo that? Can you can you change what you what you've been to what you need to be? And that's that's the million dollar question for Boulder. Timothy chimes in. Too much overreaction. My score prediction was seventeen thirteen Minnesota. They were favored by seven and a half. Nebraska was never supposed to win this game. That's the other part of this. We'll get into it here next hour. But, yeah, you feel different because you led and you led late and you had a chance several times to put it away. But if if if, if it was just kind of the, the old blind score here, Nebraska lost 13 to 10, you were like, all right, hell of an effort, fellas. No. I mean, <laughs> the, it, the, it feels the, very the frosty. The, 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 yeah, the 10 That's of the That's why there's overreaction. It's very frosty. The 10 of the 13 points came in three minutes. Well, and listen, there's only 12 of these things, right? Sure. It's uh, I think you have to overreact a little. This is like an 80-game sport, maybe a little bit different. But there's only 12 of these things, so they all matter. You want, it to, you want it to be game. different under a new regime. You want it You want it to immediately flip. Let's get to some calls real quick. Uh, Dan, thanks for hanging on. Go ahead, Dean. We'll be right with you. Dan, go for it. All right. Hey, fellas. Uh, I watched Jeff Sims, and immediately I thought about the Jamal Lord era. Uh, it was deja vu all over again, boys. Uh, we're going to have to simplify things greatly, and, and he's, a, he's our only playmaker. So uh, it is what it is. got to find a way to scheme appropriately to use his strength, and we also need to understand, as I just heard, boy, it's going to be awfully easy to game plan for the Nebraska offense. Hey, let, let, let's What's not forget. Sustainable? Let, let, what can your offense uh, be? Let's not forget. And I, I want this is why I want to get your take here on the Jamal Lord comparison yeah. because I've seen that thrown around a lot today. And I, I sit back and I go, well, no. hey, Nebraska did win ten games in that two thousand and three season, and I don't, I didn't get a chance to to watch those games. I don't Listen, remember it, so I don't know if that record you know is what? not indicative of the they quarterback play. Twenty nine interceptions, <laughs> but they yeah, won ten games. Yeah. Well, listen. Okay. To compare him to Jamal Lord is not fair. Like Jamal. Jamal was Jamal no. threw a great deep ball to a fast tight end. Period. Right? That's it. That's all. And, and, Play action. And he was so good with deep. his legs right. that he made so much happen in the option of the quarterback counter game. Yeah. He's, and they, he's really a really talented quarterback, but he was limited as a thrower. Yeah, no, no. Jeff Sims is infinitely a better a, a better thrower than Be- better Jamal Lord. Oh, hundred yeah. percent. Yeah. Because he can Right. Their style now, is similar right now with their strengths. I mean, Jamal would throw some balls that, like, seriously would bounce, you know, five to seven yards in front of his intended target. Right. You know, I mean, he just was not an accurate guy at all. And I'm not saying that Sims is the second coming here, but, eh. However, I do like the idea based on what he has shown so far. If, again, to go back to getting the running backs a few more touches, set up play action for him better set up play action for him better where it's not like you're having to, to, you know, throw into a ton of traffic all over the field. It's, it's, you got a guy deep, you try to hit him, 
and they were close to hitting one last night. Yeah, they, they were really close to hitting one of those last hit. night. Like that should be the bulk of his throws. Well, you got to get good at the run game. Mm-hmm. You got to get good at the running back run game to make the play action a reality, or you just kind of do the old zone read fake and do a quick seam. Dean is with us. Dean, thanks for hanging on. Go ahead. Dean, we got you. Yeah. I'm here. Go ahead. Dean, you're on the air. Hello, Go ahead. Hello, Dean. Go for it. Hey, guys. Thanks for taking my call. Um, there's just two things I'd like to make a point of. Uh, that uh, first play from scrimmage, I love that because um, they were able to push the Minnesota line back five yards and get five yards. The quarterback they sneak? <laughs> yeah, they're on the quarterback sneak, and we weren't able to do that before. And the other thing was, at a halftime, um, we came out and looked like a better team. And we've, it's yes. been a while since that's happened. And that's something I said leading off the show. I think Nebraska looked better than they were last year and probably looked like the better team everywhere except quarterback and wide receiver. I mean, I think back to last year, the offensive line was better, especially running the ball. The, uh, the pass protection looked slightly better. I look at the tight end room, they weren't utilized all that much, but I thought they blocked pretty well, especially in the running game. Defensive line looked better and deeper. Linebackers were flying around. They seemed to fit that scheme really well. I liked what I saw from the defensive backs, especially in that third and first half of the fourth quarter. I, I can even throw uh, most of the second quarter in there as well. I liked what I saw just about everywhere, and let's, hey, include the special teams as well. Special teams looked better. Where Nebraska looked worse than last year was just quarterback and wide receiver from what I saw last night, and maybe you can take that as a sign of, of positive encouragement. Maybe it's uh, based on how bad those two areas were, you're worried about the rest of the year. But I do think everywhere else in the field, Nebraska looked better. Can I ask a question for the room? And I'm, I'm the same guy, and I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to raise my hand. A year ago, when Nebraska got destroyed by Oklahoma, I'm like, damn, Oklahoma looks like a playoff team. Oh, and I disagreed with you. Do you remember that? I disagreed with you. I'm giving you a confession right now, so take this. <laughs> Hey, I said the same worth. thing, Schmitty, so you're not alone. <laughs> I said, damn, Oklahoma well, they looks did like that a playoff day. team. Yeah, they, thank you, Crane. <laughs> they did that day. It's all relative. Uh, six to six and seven later, you know, Nebraska. I mean, Oklahoma. Minnesota's a playoff team. Let's <laughs> no, I am not <laughs> going there. Okay, okay, not, I'm not going there. Minnesota's not. a four or five win football team. You think? I, I had them at Maybe. seven and five. That that's what I see. I, I liked what Maybe. I saw from Cali McManus last night. I thought he looked good in the quarterbacking spot. He, he was he was really talented. We'll wind down hour one. More of your thoughts. Hail Varsity continues. We're presented by Currency. And now. And now. Back to Hail Varsity Radio. Hold on, Schmitty. I got to fix something here. Because now you're not coming out, <clears throat> which is... Because I muted because I muted my mic. There we go. Apparently I was live during the break. I couldn't hear you, so I don't know what was going on. Well, but anyway. Cutter and Elijah, not our Elijah, but uh, Elijah Shaw in the stream. Now my mic's off. Yeah, it's pretty good. My mic's on now. (laughs) Somebody's mic is off, somebody's on. Now everybody's on. Okay, we're good. (laughs) Yay. Wonderful. It looks like you were uh, mic'd uh, mic'd up over the break. Yeah, I gave everybody in the room a compliment saying this is a fun show. It's flying by. (laughs) That's good. 
Yeah. That's good. So let's, you didn't say anything terrible. No, no. Let's like hear, usual. Uh, you should hear this guy between. <laughs> between let's let's, let's hear dad. Matt Rule master the art of not saying something terrible with four turnovers. Uh, and he talks and was asked about his quarterback. Cut to Matt Rule uh, on Mr. Sims and just kind of laying out where Nebraska fell short yesterday. You know, obviously as a quarterback, you can't have those turnovers, right? Um, you know, um, you know even, even right before the half, you know, kind of an odd sequence, right? You know, either it's a touchdown or it's a false start. You know, kind of weird how that happened, right? Um, you know, but uh, I thought he had some really good moments. You know, he, he had some... Um, he had some key throws, you know, especially in that two-minute drive moving us down the field. Uh, you know, obviously he was our, he ran for over 100 yards. He was, he was a dynamic threat in the zone read game. But, you know, you have to protect the football, right? And so back, back foot throws and all those things, that's not what we need. We don't need that. Uh, I was prepared to go to overtime. I thought Sad did a really nice job, called some runs, got a couple first downs, turned it into the last drive. So we're going to go down there, take a shot at a long field goal or go out. But um, this is a first step for Jeff, and we'll, uh, we'll coach him, and he'll come back. Um, you know, I thought the the fumble, the fumble. You know, with two minutes left, like we're gonna we're gonna go try to run the clock out. You know, we're we're run the ball for six yards. Um, unfortunate that uh, that happened. So, well, there you go from rule. Uh, Timothy uh, chimes in the stream again. Timothy's had some good comments. Uh, continuing from above, you guys told us that Sims throws interceptions and grand fumbles. So not surprising when you see it in a game, if it's happening in practice, we're uh, all ready for a game with two good defenses yeah. and two ugly offenses. It was going to be a rock fight. It's just different where Nebraska had a chance to steal one. They didn't. Yeah. And then to lose uh, getting a, a baseball bat to the growing, uh, like so many times previously the, the last few years, is, is part of this volcanic eruption here. You know, you've heard from quite a few people, even uh, Elijah and Connor, to some degree today, like on the show, is just the general notion that Nebraska appeared to be the better team. And I don't think you could always say that against Minnesota over the past few years. No. Yeah, you would they want were, they to say that. They were never more well coached in Minnesota. Yeah, No, no. That continued. No, I'm kidding. Uh, but, <laughs> but really, most people, I think, came away with that. It's just like, okay, you know, Nebraska's not – you know, looking up at Minnesota and just wishing they could have that level of talent. If you look at what Cali McManus was, they, I mean, they were running for their life. He was running for his life most of the night. They had to make exceptional plays offensively in order to move the ball. You know, we talked about that play made in the end zone with a foot drag. Yeah, like, that that's what it took, though, right? Because Nebraska's defense was just all over them. As soon as you made a catch, there's three or four dudes right there, and they're hitting hard. So, yeah, Nebraska did appear to be the better team. Obviously, didn't win. And so it's those little things. What are you going to do? Are you going to have an identity that focuses on what you are versus maybe what you want to be? Sure. What Nebraska is is a quarterback-centric running team with decent running backs. Hour two coming up. Hail Varsity continues. He's the pride of Fairbury, an average Joe. Bill Dolman, the professor. I had a 6 ACT in 1967. One time I got an A and my grandma beat me for cheating. Now with Hale Varsity Radio. Oh, I needed the drink there. Uh, hour two, it's Hale Varsity Radio. Uh, presented by Currency, Chris Schmidt, Mark Cranach, Elijah Herbal, Connor Clark, the pride of Fairbury. NBC Sports, 
the professor Bill Dolman, uh, enjoying all of Minnesota's outdoor festivities. He's on a lake. I don't know if he's in a canoe or a fire pit or what, but it's it's pretty scenic. It looks like you're about ready to shoot. You've done mattress ads in Denver, Bill. Are you ready to shoot a old Milwaukee commercial? Well, speaking of shooting, we're out uh, in the lake here earlier trying to find Fredo, if that's what you're uh, wondering <laughs> what I'm doing up here. Okay, Which cool. lake is that, by the way? What lake I don't you know, got? Gull? Gull Lake. Get your Gumi, apparently. Get your what? I believe Lake Gall by, uh, by Brainerd. Got it, it. It rhymes with ball. It almost looks like he has like a virtual background because it's it's a, it's like the type of background that people would put as their virtual <laughs> background, like some yeah. beautiful lakefront, but it's actually real. Yeah, yeah, it's, really it's, good. it's the yeah, it's the real thing. I I was heading back to Lincoln and I got I took a wrong turn and just kept going and ran into a twelve pack of Guinness. So you know, you said <laughs> you needed a drink. Yeah, yeah. I, I yeah, have a uh, I have a quick aside here. This the background reminds me, and you guys might remember the name. There was a Nebraska tight end way back in the day. It was like the Crouch years. Uh, Troy Hasselbrook was his name. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He yeah. was my middle school social studies teacher, and I, I believe he went off and became a, a firefighter. But long story short, uh, he briefly you followed drove him out of teaching. Well, no, 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 no. Uh, briefly following his college <laughs> football career, he he got into modeling. He's he bounced around. And I think he's uh, we're friends on Facebook. I think he's. Uh, settled into to firefighting, has been doing that for a while now. But long story short, briefly, he was a model following college, and we found one of his videos back in middle school of him as a model in a music video where he's, like, sitting on a dock just like that on a lake, and he's, huh. sit, he's sitting there shirtless with the, this female singer. Like, the music video is her, like, stroking his chest and, like, singing this weird love song. <laughs> and that video like, made the rounds in middle school. And I don't know if anyone ever told him that we found that video. But I remember that being just the craziest well. week of middle school ever, of senior <laughs> middle school social studies teacher in a music video that's, like, a weirdly a little bit sexualized with some woman stroking his chest. That was a random aside, fine. but... There's about five ways that short story long could have taken a very strange turn that would have been uh-huh. best for Hail Varsity Radio after dark. No, and yeah, I just, well, I just brought it up because he was a former Husker and just the background, that lake looks like the lake that he was at with this Pride. female singer-songwriter. Pride of Lincoln High. What he's saying, Bill, is after this segment, take the shirt off and just wait. She'll show up. <laughs> She'll show up, man. It's coming. She sings too. It's it's awesome. It's a full. I was waiting for he was sitting on the dock of the bay watching the tide roll away, but that would be way before Elijah's time. And this is a great way to avoid talking about what transpired over the last uh, twelve to twenty four hours. So let's just keep it going. Yeah, let's 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 get it out of the way real quick. Uh, Last night, Nebraska did not close. Panicked or. Not, not so much. Uh, you think things can be okay. Are you encouraged or are you discouraged 24 hours later? Always be closing, mm. right? You know, there, there are things to be pretty dis- discouraged about, especially when you've seen that movie over and over and again and the, uh, the ending never changes. Uh, but I there, thought there were some things that were positive. I don't think they lost by quitting. Whereas I think if you look back at some of the games over the past, you know, few years, and even last year, leading at halftime against Illinois and Minnesota, and then just coming into the second half, and you really didn't have any confidence when they took to the field in the second half that they were going to win those games. Uh, I don't think I got the sense last night that there was give up. 
Minnesota made plays when it needed to make plays. That sounds very cliche, and it is. But I think if you look back at some of those close losses a year ago when Nebraska had a chance to win, there was just a mentality of, of, of give up, of the inevitable. And you hate to say quitting, but I don't think Nebraska ever gave themselves a chance sometimes in those close games because they just assumed the worst. I think that team played well enough certainly to win. I don't know how good Minnesota is, to be honest with you. But Nebraska certainly played well enough to win, and I don't think there was a quit. I think they did fight to the very, very end of the game. And so I think that that's promising. But, you know, I was listening to your show uh, last week at 5 o'clock on a Friday, and your guest was brilliant in his analysis because you asked him you asked him what Nebraska needed to do to avoid some of the, the pitfalls. And then the guy said that, uh, you know, avoid first and fifteen and avoid penalties when you have the ball near the goal line and those things resurfaced again. So whoever that was, you ought to have him back. Yeah, no, I, I totally agree with that. Is Sims going to be... That was be... my least favorite segment. Yeah, no, it, is, is Sims going to be fixable? Did you say Jamal Lord? What? No. Oh, see, we it's had that earlier too. I'm sorry. Well, I didn't get on I didn't Tom. get a play earlier. But anybody who played the game back, you know, 25 years ago was watching that. And I think as 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 you watch that first half develop, you know, those flashbacks to one of the best safeties to ever play quarterback at Nebraska other than Tony Velan, that you probably thought, you know what, this guy is is being overused in the running game and he's gonna get hurt. And if he's their best guy, they cannot continue to allow him to carry the ball. 19 times you know in in situations like that uh he was i mean i think nebraska exposed their hand by relying on him so much 19 times is a lot i don't think he should probably throw the ball more than 19 times a game but uh, they've got to get some of those backs to where they can rely on them to get five six 15 16 yards of carry and not have it be sims whereas we knew back in the jamal lord era that if it was third and eight, sure enough, they're going to shotgun snap it, and it's a quarterback draw over and over, and that's the hand that got played last night. Yeah, it's kind of one of those things, Bill, we were talking about how much should Nebraska sort of admit who they are and lean into that versus, you know, try try to have your quarterbacks be dropback types when they're not. They're just not that. Because look who's look who's even behind Sims, Heinrich Harburg, and that's kind of the rub on him is he's not a great thrower either, right? Shoba Purdy, maybe he is a great thrower, Turn but in the machine. limited action that we've seen him, eh, I don't know. But he's fast, and guess what? Harburg's fast and big, and Sims is fast and big. It kind of seems pretty like lean into that. That's what you are. You're you're not you're not attracting the the next Tom Brady to come play at Nebraska. And, he, and by the way, you don't have the receivers to do it right now. And then you can't pass protect. Like, all the signs are just telling you, don't worry about drop that game. It's just not who you are. You know, maybe they've got to get them out there and be, and be much more mobile and, and throw, you know, the shorter passes on the run. Uh, if he can't sit back in the pocket, which I thought the offensive line played better last night than I, than I expected it to. I mean, he did get hit a little bit in the backfield, but, you know, Nebraska out yarded 
uh, Minnesota. And I thought Nebraska's line played better than Minnesota's line. So I think there's some promise there. But, yeah, what will the game plan be next week? Will we see Sims roll out a little bit more, be more mobile and throwing on the run? Maybe he's more comfortable doing that. I, I don't know, but he certainly was locked in on the receivers that he was throwing the ball to. Once he had his mindset that he was going that way, that's the way he went. And as a result, you've got three interceptions. Uh, and, and Nebraska telegraphed it with, yeah, this guy's going to run on third down and six, and they're just going to rely on the big quarterback to get the first down. Those backs have to be more consistent. I thought we saw some really nice things from Anthony Grand until the last carry of the game. I, I mean, know. he made some nice plays. I thought Ramir Johnson was the player that that Matt Rule has fallen in love with, right? Mm-hmm. And clearly, he was underutilized the last couple of seasons. And Gabe Urban, I think, can be the kind of back that will give you, you know, the four to eight yard, you know, power play. So they've got a nice complement of backs, but they can't rely on Sims to be the main the main ball carrier nor can they allow him to be a drop-back passer. Okay, so real quick on that. I, I agree with you, but just to talk about it, since this is a talk show, what? why would you say they can't rely on him to do that? Why Why not? Why not let to him run, run the ball all the time? Games? Yeah. Why to not? run the ball all the time? Because you're got- talking to Nebraska fans that they've saw, you know, Eric Crouch did it. Frost, to a degree, did it. Lord did it. Why not? Why can't they? They don't have because Adrian Mart- because Adrian Martinez did it too and ends up with uh, shoulder surgery, a broken jaw, <laughs> bumps and bruises throughout the course of the season, and you didn't have development with your with your backups. And, and maybe Purdy's a better thrower. Maybe Harburg's a better hybrid between all three of them. And he can throw adequate. He can run adequately. And Sims is just a great runner. I I don't know what the answer is, but I think we'll have a pretty good idea of how they how well this team adjusts from one game to the next, if, you, if your most improvement is from your first game to your second game, that's going to be a, a, a glaring example as to what Nebraska does with Jeff Sims next Saturday when they take on Colorado. Uh, I, I would imagine it's going to be different. I would imagine that they're going to do the job that Matt Rule said last night. They're going to coach him up. They're going to make adjustments, show him what he did wrong, and give him another chance to be better. But to let him run the ball as much as he did and to telegraph it, that's just going to get him hurt. Yeah, Bill Dolman with this year. Some of those runs over to the running backs mm-hmm. to decrease how many times he ran. Sorry, Elijah. Yeah, it's Bill Dolman with us here on Hale Varsity Radio. And Bill, the, the two takeaways I think that are, are just going to, I'm going to paint with a broad brush here from last night. Our people are encouraged by the defensive performance. They're discouraged by the offensive performance. And I want to get your thoughts. Are you more encouraged by what the defense showed you or are you more discouraged by what the offense showed you? I, I guess that the question being, do you think there's more hope in the fact that the defense can keep you in a lot of games this year, or is there more discouragement in the fact that the offense has potential to blow a lot of games this year? Where are you at on that that sliding scale? I did I did like the aggressiveness of the defense, and I think that's kind of what we were expecting and hoping to see from Tony White's three three five. You know, I, I, people hear that and they hear the criticisms. What nobody really knows. You know, they, they go down to Buffalo Wild Wings and think that they're all defensive coordinators. In the three three five, it's angles, it's athleticism, it is a certain coached violence to see the ball and go hit the ball. And I thought we saw that. I thought the secondary was as good as advertised. Other than that last catch on fourth down and ten, Hartsaw got beat on a great route. You know, tipped the cap and he made a great, great catch before his heel came down. But I thought the defense played pretty well. And the other thing significantly about the defense that was different than a year ago in the opener. 
remember in the second half against Northwestern, Nebraska's defensive line, those guys played 50, 60, more, more snaps. And by the time the end of the third quarter rolled around, they were completely gassed and there was no depth. And we saw last night that Nebraska played a lot of guys as advertised defensively. And I didn't see the, the, the participation chart, but I would bet that you had at least 20 to 25 that guys that played and a significant number of snaps were divided up amongst the guys along that defensive line. So they were fresher in the fourth quarter of this year's season opener than what we saw in last year's season opener. And I think maybe Corey Campbell did his job in getting that group prepared to play physical football on the defensive side of the field for four quarters. That was not the case the last year, four years at all. So, Bill, you're walking up to the whiteboard. You have space underneath my name, which has an F next to it because that's inevitable. What grade are you giving Nebraska from last night? Solely on last night. Nothing before, nothing upcoming. Just those 60 minutes. What's the grade? Well, first of all, they're not from Iowa, so that's not an F. Secondly, they're not uh, Cubs fans, so they don't get an F there. Ah. Um, And they're not from Creighton. So, okay, so those are the positives. Uh, So Nebraska overall, well, you don't win the game, so I'm not exactly sure that you you know you get a high grade. But this is the type of the time of the semester when people are considering pass no pass. So if you want to squeak by and uh, get out of my class, you might want to. I would give them a passing grade. I'm not going to say fail just yet, but if there's no improvement next week, and if they drop one of the games at home in Lincoln, oh. That's not that's not going to be good. Well, then we're well, going to have the Connor Clark Insurance Workshop. Well, let's let's define the terms. What wow. is a what is a pass and what is a no pass? Is your passing just six and six? Me, that's a solid. You get a C? passing grade, you you win, right? C's get degrees, right? I sure. still think this is a, I still think this is a team that can win seven games. I, I wow. am encouraged by the, I'm encouraged by the way the defense played. I think that defense people give Illinois and Purdue and some of these other teams in the Big Ten way way too much credit, right? So I'm not going to say this team is going to not go to a bowl game, but I think it can be good enough because I thought the defense played well, and I don't think they lost the game by quitting. And I think we saw that the last couple of years, that when they went on the field in the second half, even with the lead, there was just an air of inevitability that they were going to lose. And I don't think that team felt that it was going to lose maybe when the fumble hit the floor, maybe when Sims threw the interception, that here we go again. But for 59 minutes, I felt like that team believed that it could still win the game. And I think that's a positive step. That's that's fair. Unofficially, 24 players played defense last night. Uh, Unofficially. I think think that was your prediction. I think you said, I don't know, it has to be about, like I think you hit it right on, 24. So a lot of guys did play defensively last night, and that number could increase at home where you're actually traveling with more dudes too. Who knows? And, they, and they played or early, and they were fresher later, like Bill touched on. Yep. Billy D, what's uh, on the docket this weekend? You got about a minute. Are you going to catch some walleye? Uh, or no, no, just a bunch of dudes sitting around drinking some beverages, listening to Rick Springfield on a lake in Minnesota. Yeah, it sounds <laughs> fun. Waiting for, waiting for guys a being dudes. Look at that. <laughs> Love it. Killer bees hanging out in Minnesota. Yeah. yeah. Well, darn tootin'. I like it. I know it's Fargo, but just roll with me there. Uh, Bill <laughs> Dolman, Pride of Fairbury, NBC Sports, the professor at Bill Dolman on Twitter. Billy D, we'll see you next week. Thanks for a few minutes today. All right, boys. Go big red. See ya.
There he is. See you later, Bill. All right. Brady Oltmans is on deck. We'll get his take on uh, what to expect from Satterfield moving forward. Hail Varsity continues. And now, back to Hail Varsity Radio. Thanks for hanging out, and big thanks to Lions Pub, Cranach. Oh, man. Lions this is Pub. right next to the hotel you're at. This was Husker Center, uh, Husker Nebraska Central before kickoff yesterday. Yeah. We had a great time at the graduate. We love those folks. But, I mean, you had a whole room, and these guys – here in downtown Minneapolis, have adopted Nebraska for years since they moved to the Big Ten. Exactly. Lions. Ray's, Ray's fun, man. I love talking to Ray. He's a good guy. Uh, Lions, L-Y-O-N-S. And it's right in downtown Minneapolis, and it's the official watch site for the Minnesotans for Nebraskans. And so, yeah, this place was absolutely packed yesterday. Um, and it's connected. It's right pretty much connected to the Embassy Suites. Minnesota, by the way, Minneapolis in general. Can we just get this out of the way? All it would take is like I don't know some sort of some sort of big money or, or maybe two or three guys that were that were big money like it's a sleeping giant. I'm telling you, it's the best city in the Big Ten. Go ahead, think through mentally right now. What is a better city? Aside from it's Chicago, all, it's well okay. Aside from Lincoln, so I'm biased. <laughs> I understand Chicago, right, but yeah, but you're in Evanston. It's it's different. It's not. Uh, and it's I mean, Northwestern. It's, they do car washes and like it's yeah, all weird. No, yeah. you can't, There's all sorts. That of doesn't work. Naked uh, men. Well, I should have known it was going there. But yeah. it's it's basically the best city in the Big Ten. The the facility, the the football stadium. I mean, it's a substantial structure, right? Like it's not. You didn't feel like you were going into some kind of rinky dink thing. It's oh, Madison. The, the facilities are nice, good. Though. Oh, Madison's yeah, a really nice Madison. town. Madison's Brady great. Oltman's is with us. At Brady Oltman's on Twitter. Though. Oh no, the, the, the city like, of in here. The city of Madison is fantastic. Warm nightmare of a of a Friday after a blown lead. I'm talking city, hey. like big city, hey. like something oh. that would show up on an MSA or list. You know, Ma- Madison's a pretty good city too. I will say, Ann Arbor is nice. Ann Arbor is a, a cozy college town. Too close uh, to Detroit for my liking, personally. They have Michigan. So. Hey, but here's my point. Minneapolis, the real estate Minnesota. is real cheap. <laughs> I'm, just saying, <laughs> I'm just saying Minnesota, I think, could yeah. be a lot better in all sports than they are based on just what they have here. It's, um, it's I think that's what, fair. What are the, what are the, uh, what are the uh, industries in Minneapolis and St. Paul? I mean, uh, the, the Duluth Target. plumbing folks? Prince. um Target. Target. Yeah. Prince and Kirby Puckett, basically. Uh, Miller Brewing uh, thank Company. You. Thank, thank you. But Dave they're not Chappelle. they're not industries necessarily. But <laughs> I thought that's know. more so Milwaukee. The Miller Brewing Company. Oh, you're right. You're right. I just yeah. I just picked a northern city. I Come can't on. <laughs> yeah, yeah, you did. No, Target was a, Target's a big one. No, I know it's huge, but they don't even sell tobacco there. Oh, well, not not since the incident. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> wow. <laughs> Brady, I gotta, I gotta ask you before we get to your just incredible story with the Guardian on Nebraska Volleyball Day. Brady going international, he, baby. He is, man. It's Brady's world. The Guardian out of the UK, out of the United Kingdom, wow. mate. Uh, and we're at a British pub <laughs> right now. There's some weird we stuff are. happening here. Okay, we are, we are locked in. Okay, let's talk Marcus Satterfield. Uh, can he and Sims and this offense get on the same page? Is this just a foregone conclusion that you're just going to have to live with with some questionable decision-making 
after one game that it's going to be like this the rest of the season? Or do you think Nebraska, Sims, and Satterfield can, you know, find a, a happy medium, tailor an offense and a, and a game plan to use their strengths and, and be way better than uh, than they were at least last night? And I know it was game one. I know it was with uh, within grasp for Nebraska. Well, because I, I, I thought about this, what exactly were people expecting out of the offense? Um, to to borrow a cue from the from the skipper, twenty one. Last, yeah, real, real true. But to borrow a cue from the skipper in the last segment, um, a wise man last week said that Nebraska is going to have to rely on its defense to make plays, make stops, and then the offense to get a lead and just bleed games out. They're not going to be an exciting full-paneled offense, especially considering look at what they started. I mean, you've got a former walk-on starting at receiver, which is a completely different lineup than what we all anticipated it being going into fall camp and even coming out of spring. Plus, you got Isaiah Garcia-Castaneda, who may be out long-term now. Uh, they lose him halfway through. So then you got yeah. Billy Kemp, who Heinrich Harburg had more catches than Billy Kemp last night. <laughs> okay. Yeah. So it was just a completely different look. Now, having said that, I do think there's a certain there's a certain bit that you look at Jeff Sims and he made plays and clearly that offense was geared directly towards Jeff Sims. I mean, his his directed runs, his passes, wow. all of it was geared towards him. But you look at Marcus Satterfield and that was some of the worries was how the offense ran through Spencer Rattler and how Rattler handled it at South Carolina. And you kind of see those same uh, alarms or at least those same red flags pop up last night. And clearly when you got a quarterback throwing three picks, some of them are just completely telegraphed. Uh, Scotland Yard could have read all of those um, (laughs) over the, the blips. So it's, but I think at a certain point they were, they still had the lead. And we knew a couple weeks ago, Anthony Grant had fumble issues in camp, but they stuck with him enough and trusted him enough to make the plays come crunch time. He fumbles again. You have to believe that either those opportunities won't be given to him or they're going to, again, trust him in crunch moments to, to correct those mistakes. So either way, it's game one. It, it takes a while to, to, to knock some of that rust off or to knock a win out of those situations back in Nebraska after they hadn't been there in, in a couple years. But you're right. There's certainly a lot, a lot of red flags there at quarterback right now. Well, here's my question. And you mentioned, you know, kind of on the passing side with Harbor getting more receptions than Billy Kemp. I was kind of surprised that AG ended up getting more carries than Gabe Irvin, right? I mean, obviously we talked about the fumble issues throughout camp, but I liked what I saw from Gabe and he ripped off a pretty long run there in the second half. I believe it was a 30 yarder and not saying that don't give Anthony Grant a chance, but Gabe Irvin was your number one guy, at least on paper, heading into that game. So that was something that kind of surprised me. No, the the allocations of the handoffs, especially in the first half. I mean, when you you're talking about workload and how they want to recycle guys and keep them fresh for fresh legs for the fourth quarter. I was a little kind of surprised at just the allocation of carries in that first half because I thought Gabe had made it clear and the coaches had made it clear Gabe was kind of their their number one guy, uh, at least for the opener. And I think you probably, looking at it now, it's clear Gabe is probably still the number one guy going into Colorado. But um, Ramir looked great. Um, Emmett, I thought, on special teams looked 
did a lot of great things for him. So there's there's depth at, at running back that you like, and the offensive line blocked relatively well for them. They and on those poles, those tight ends pulled really well. So there's a lot of promise at running back. They're just going to need them to do a little bit more, especially uh, give them some of those carries that they were designing up for Jeff Sims because you, you can't have your quarterback taking those kinds of hits. Um, you, maybe in week one, but four weeks from now, he's going to be feeling those. Well, if you look at it, guys, five total carries between uh, Gabe Irvin and Anthony Grant in the first half yesterday. Five total carries, to, to your point about the about the allocation. And, and when we break this down, and look, by the way, there's there's folks in the stream and uh, and elsewhere talking about, like, oh, is this overreaction? It's one game. It's not like you expected Nebraska to be 22 Georgia, 100%. What, where we're coming from is, like, what does Nebraska need to do now in order not to repeat this again next weekend, right, against Colorado. Is it as simple as change up that allocation a little bit? Quarterback ran too much. Running backs didn't get it enough. Switch that up a little bit by a good 25%, 30%, and, and, and you're probably in a, in a better situation than we are today. Yeah, and you're talking, granted, Marcus Satterfield, comes from South Carolina, so he was still in the college game. But this, you know, Matt Rule, a lot of the coaching staff, they're coming from the NFL again. And it kind of it takes the coaches' game reps as well to get mm. back into the flow of it together. You've got, you've got an offensive line that still needs those game reps together. Receivers, clearly, with what they have, need game reps together. And as much of seven-on-seven seven in reps as Jeff Sims had with his receivers – it didn't seem like he was comfortable enough scanning the field and going through no. his reads and checkdowns. He was uh, keying an eyeball on his first guy and knew where to go with it. So I think, again, those are just – those are hiccups, and those are game one things. The, the the other alarm, I think, is they didn't have those many opportunities, and they needed to capitalize on them, especially those red zone picks. You know what I mean? Like, again, Nebraska had three offensive drives in the first half, kind of like North Dakota last year. If they're having as many offensive drives against Minnesota week one as they did against North Dakota last year, I think that that's a, a mark of understanding a improvement from this team just based upon what it was. Granted, it wasn't great during those first months of the season last year, but I think that that's another point that you can look at and say, okay, there's positive step forwards, but it's also a point of this is how far the program has to go still. Brady Oatman's with us here on Hale Varsity Radio. And Brady, obviously on a day like today, we're going to focus on the things that need to get better. But I want to get your thoughts on the game as a whole. Did that Nebraska team exceed your expectations with what game one was for real? Did they fall short of your expectations? Was that about what you expected? Put it in perspective for me. And if we look back at where we were a week ago, looking ahead to this game, what was Nebraska's performance to you? It was interesting. It was one of those where... I, I say it's interesting because, I mean, the offense, the, the, the backer skill position play on the offense, I think, left a lot to be desired. But on the line, I thought that offensive line performed better than I anticipated it performing. I thought as a whole, the defense performed better. They're, they left some gaps, but keep in mind, they throw a lot of that defense, and it's different from a lot of those guys went into. Plus, you got Ty Robinson that's gone for the vast majority of that second half on, you know, whatever you call it, by the letter of the law, that's targeting. You know, when I play, that's called giving a guy a kiss through the face mask, uh, <laughs> not to be one of those guys. But Omar Brown, I mean, he showed up and showed out. And he's a guy that you talk, you talk to all last year, and you think, why is this guy not on the field? 
you had similar instances. Um, you know, Tommy Hill kind of had a weird game. Can't seem to get in the right spots. There are just guys on that defense now. Uh, and obviously with Bullock, um, guys who have clearly shown and improved in this last these last couple of months that have found a way to get on the field. And you're thinking, how did they not get on the field? Or how did they not regularly contribute last year? And really, if you put that all together, maybe you want some more pressure. Maybe you want some more impact on the front, you know, from the front seven. But and overall, I think you're you're, you're saying you're going to allow only 13 points in the opener. You feel pretty good about your chances getting a W out of that one. So I think you can you can feel pretty good about that defensive performance. Brady, real quick, uh, tell folks about your coverage of the Nebraska Volleyball Day. Uh, just an awesome event, and you, uh, you're international, baby. About 10 seconds here. It, yeah, just out there, world history, man. Covering it for the Guardian, world record. Why not a spread Nebraska and women's athletics love across the pond and to the world over? Number two sports story on the Guardian today for the record. Bang. I love it. Well, follow him at Brady Altman's internationally and locally. Brady, take care, buddy. Thanks so much. All right. We'll see you guys. Appreciate it. Brady. And now. And now. Back to Hale Varsity Radio. Yeah, Roadshow Friday continues. Here we're at Lions Pub, downtown Minneapolis. So we'll have the weekend edition tomorrow, 745 to 9. And your first full, full day of college football tomorrow. Chris Schmidt, Elijah Herbal. Connor Clark, Mark Cranach is on assignment in the can. He is uh, back now. And uh, Untrue. Untrue? Okay, okay, it was true. Whatever. It, it was true. I'm drinking a lot of water. Rehydrate. Nebraska starts weekend. another season off 0-1. But we've got into this whole arm wrestling match of encouraged or discouraged. And I think two-thirds of the ball game, you could be encouraged. I think you're discouraged about the offense. And that is the question mark. That is the unknown is what is Nebraska going to get from from Satterfield? And knee-jerk is, oh, no, everyone at South Carolina was right about him, but everyone started loving him about the last four games of the season. Uh, Sims is enough to be an Elite 11 guy, a high four-star pick, one of the top recruited quarterbacks out of Jacksonville. There is talent. Oh, yeah. There's, there's a, a special skill set. You've got time to get that harnessed, fellas, before Boulder. Uh, You have to. We'll spend more time tomorrow about the impact of Colorado and uh, what has has to happen if you're Nebraska next Saturday. Kind of feel like, Chris, one of the things that Satterfield in particular, and maybe to a degree rule, needs to figure out is, is restraint. I mean, really, like restraint. Just because the down and distance might call for or the situation of the game might call for, oh, let's. Here's what my play sheet says. Let's throw it into coverage. Yeah. Right? Let's throw it into coverage. On first and 10. Yeah, I know it might say that, but I think you need to exercise a little restraint. Here's what my guy can do. Here's what my my chart says to do. and And think about last night, what that was, right? Like, you had a chance. Was there a reason for Nebraska to throw the ball at all? I mean, really, can I, listen, you make that case? People, no, no, I'm people serious. You're gone, up a touchdown no, people with have four minutes nuts. left. People have gone nuts on, on the start of the fourth quarter. Why the hell are they throwing the ball, burn the clock? Satterfield, by nature, is conservative. 
for yeah. him to take a shot to Hill, loved it. To go RPO, right? The 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 RPO game is a staple of rule. I know. And it got deflected. This is all both hindsight. Of, both of right. those plays hit. We're not whining it at all if you're a Nebraska fan because you win. Listen. But you didn't. You, you didn't. and You're and, probably not going to. But your quarterback has got to be better or he's got to start watching. You've got to find an alternative. <laughs> but that, that's assuming that there's a better option somewhere. No, that's you my need, point. Like, you've, no. Got to, you've got to know that quarterback room. You're the quarterback's coach as well as the OC. And what can they do? Now, he may have shown in practice, guys, that he can RPO it. He can run a slant. He can throw a deep ball. But when it comes to game time, those guys are coach killers. You show you show somebody something in practice, and it's got to translate to the game, and it doesn't always do it. Yeah, I look, I hear that. I hear that. I'm just saying, if you're Satterfield, it really is the – it's an exercise in restraint. It is watching the clock. It is milking that thing down to one Cranach, second Cranach, you're left. in a dark place. You go from feet one weekend, now to restraints the next. Oh, my oh. goodness. You're the – no. Foul. Who is the dark – who is the dark mind that just connected those dots? Um, I, those were completely unrelated, but Chris is big into foot restraints, apparently. Um, but truly, I, I, there, and there is an art to it. It's different. And, and you can, really? No, well, and you, not, not to foot restraints. My goodness. What is happening here? I am trying to talk football, and Schmidt is out of The control. last two times I've been on this show, we've gotten into – Topics that are just so far off the beaten path. I mean, <laughs> right to me. there's an art it. to it. Chris is lo- I, I'm trying to talk about football, but truly, I'm sure you are. It is an exercise in. I I don't have another word besides restraint, but now I'm worried about saying it because you know, caution. It turns you into a 12 year old. So caution, I, you know, caution, caution. Use caution. Really, milk the clock. Be who you are, not who you want to be. Sure. You, you want to open it up. You want to attract the next, you know, hey, this is how you get to the NFL. You don't get to the NFL as a quarterback and receiver by going to Nebraska. You just don't. You just don't. That'd be cool if they did. That'd be really cool if they did. It doesn't happen, though. That doesn't happen. So let's not optimize for those two positions, thinking that all of a sudden you're going to become some quarterback factory to the NFL, receiver factory to the NFL. doesn't happen. Those combine those two positions. You have Quincy Anunwa and Niles Paul that have done anything in the NFL in the last twenty years. Use, at those two positions, come at me, bro. Use <laughs> like you, for real. Use, use Who what else? you got. Those two. That's use, it. Twenty use years. What you got. So you get one NFL caliber receiver or quarterback per decade. That's our average right here. That's what we're talking about. One per decade. You're going to optimize your offense around that. No. Run game, physical no. play, smart decision making. Elijah, how did your friend Will Compton take last night? Uh, I think Connor's got that audio pulled up. Honestly, honestly, I think his analysis of the game really falls in line with a lot of things we've said today. It fits well. Four turnovers, you can't do it. Can't do that. Got to play better in the low red. Can't be shooting ourselves in the foot with false start penalties. We got to get points for half. Dean Blandino says we scored a touchdown. But I guess we didn't score the touchdown. We're not going to blame the refs. But there's some And and by the way, there's good out there on tape. Nobody believes in the boys. There's good 
Show the tape where they're moving the ball down the field. Show the tape of them running the football. Show the tape of the defense stomping out there. Show the tape of the big plays being made. Brown with that pick, undercutting that pick, pick and man coverage to the outside. That was a hell of a There's a lot of good to pull from that tape. The result sucks. And I want to go stand in <laughs> oncoming traffic. But there's some good to build on. Is it, there's one going to happen overnight. We should be walking out of Minnesota with the W because they suck. That's a dog team. <laughs> and we beat ourselves. But we got to take care of the ball. You got to build the build on the good, fix the bad, and eliminate the to get you beat. We should be 1-0 on the Colorado. Oh, look, ahead in the fan base, we, there ain't no head hanging here. We're bummed because we lost because it hurts because we care. But we ain't hanging our head. We got a big one next week. We got a big one next week. We got a stack of W at Colorado backs against the wall. Will Compton, busting with the boys. Said it well. He was he was exhausted. He sounded his his voice sounded exhausted. I mean, did you did you go back and listen to our reaction show last night? I think you could say the same about us. That that was most of Husker Nation last night. Oh, completely. Uh, and listen, we're pretty fair about assessment and blame and optimism. I think we try and get all sides covered objectively. And there's, there, he's not wrong. There's, there's some good, there's some bad, there's a lot of ugly, but ugly can win in the Big Ten. Nebraska's just got to find out how ugly they are. And now, and now, back to Hale Varsity Radio. One final time of Friday, Hale Varsity Radio on the road. Chris Schmidt, Elijah Herbal, Mark Kradak, Connor Clark. Thanks to Bill Dolman, Brady Oltman's reminder to get buckled up. One of every three fatal crashes in Nebraska involves an alcohol-impaired driver. Why take chances? If you drink, don't drive. A message from the Nebraska Department of Highway Safety Office. Fellas, it's been an adventure in Minnesota. Tough one last night for Nebraska fans. Yep. You woke up and reassessed or stayed pissed. I, I get it. Uh, weekend edition tomorrow. 7.45 to 9 tomorrow night. 7 o'clock is Pearl Jam for me and Cranach. And uh, I can't thank the Husker fans that came to Minnesota enough for coming by and saying hi and hanging out with us the last two shows. You're awesome. You're incredible. Uh, and uh, we'll be back at it tomorrow morning. Spotify, iTunes, Google Play, Hail Varsity Radio podcast. That's where we post. You can watch the show, Hail Varsity YouTube channel. And the Hale Varsity Radio Twitter feed at H Varsity Radio. Give that a follow. So, Elijah, it's been a lot of duty with uh, three shows a day, but we wouldn't have it any other way. And we'll see if Nebraska can get fixed. Cranach, I know you're geared up for a little uh, black in honor of the Black Shirts performance. That's right. Tomorrow, that'll be good. Um, I'm interested in watching Colorado tomorrow. So they kick off at 11. Yeah. Against TCU, TCU is 17th in the country right now. Everybody knows they were in the playoffs last year. 20 and a half point favorites right now against Colorado. I think in particular, it's it's been tough to kind of keep up with exactly what Colorado is going to be good at or not. Like 
they, they have some skill position talent, but from what I understand, their defensive line is woefully undersized outside of like two dudes. Yep, their right, their, their depth is is they've, they've like two absent. dudes that are above three hundred pounds, and that's like it. And their I offensive think, something line, like that. their offensive line is six deep. Yeah, so we'll see how that shakes out over the course of a. Elijah's wheels are turning but, to go make some money on TCU. No, 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 no. Here's the thing with Colorado. When I think about that, where they have talent is they have elite talent in the back end of their secondary, and they have great skill position players on offense, specifically their wide receiver room. We'll see how Shadur Sanders is. But from watching Nebraska's game last night, committing to the rushing attack and getting 200-plus yards rushing next week is going to be absolute key. You want to shorten that game, keep Colorado's offense off the field. I said it a couple weeks ago. I'll say it again. You need to get pass rush with four. If you can get pass rush with four, you can uh, drop seven. And then you can realistically have a good shot of stopping that Colorado offense. Offensively, you got to get after the ball running it because what we saw from Jeff Sims yesterday does not make me feel confident about him airing it out against Colorado in any way, shape, or form. Option football. It's go beat them playing Big Ten football. You beat their uh, offensive line with your defensive line with four, no blitzing, and then offensively you just beat the hell out of them. That's, that's going to be the game plan to beat Colorado. Connor, are you going to get a free Ty Robinson? Uh, I would like to, yeah. I mean, that was that was rough. I will say on Colorado, and I will quote my dad here who is in town for the week, and he said TCU 20 and a half is the lock of the week, so take that as you will. <laughs> we shall see if it is. Uh, back tomorrow morning, 745. Weekend edition gets kicked off. And uh, join us that way. Big thanks to Bill Dolman. Big thanks to Brady Oltmans. Big thanks to Connor Clark. Big thanks to Elijah Herbal and Mark Cranack. Cranack uh, and I are going to go have a four-pound steak. We're not sharing. It's going to be good. And uh, you fellas, love you both. Thanks for jumping in. And we'll talk to you tomorrow. Weekend edition, 745 with Hale Varsity. Have a good one. A Huda Media Production.